0: Greetings, fellow travelers and storytellers. Welcome to the Arthadian Anthologies Podcast, where I, MS Arthadian, dive into the ever expanding universe I'm developing and the deeper meaning behind it all. Before entering the Grand Tree, Azon met with a Shorosk that warned of the coming dusk. This means that Eve more has the potential to undergo an era shift, which hasn't happened since pre-convergence. You may also notice the title of this entry being "Extiav doso," translating to a trial at dusk." Now, as Azon enters his trial, He hears a mischievous voice penetrate his mind, asking, Do you like games? Games? Azon curiously responds. What kind of games? The fun kind. The voice wraps around his body, tilting his head. Azon sees only darkness with the occasional pulsating energy from the tree. Every time the light emanates, he sees a spectral figure with razor sharp teeth drooling over his head. The specter has no other facial features, but Azon does not cower. I do not have time for such games. Azon steps forward as the specter follows behind him. Oh, then maybe I should rethink my phrasing. Perhaps you like training. Azon scoffs. I can sense your deceiving nature. Who are you exactly? A blue light pulsates once more, illuminating the specter's widened grin as it flies around Azon. Quite perceptive you are. How exciting this is. Been some time since a worthy challenge came my way. It hovers close to Azon's face. I am known by many names. But you refer to me as they The broken? Embodied as such. Premius floats through the vines that twist within the tree. So I ask again. Do you like training? Aizan stops walking, thinking to himself. This must be my first trial. But why the broken? Is there something in my past I have yet to face? Contemplation only breeds indecisiveness. Action is what will allow you to reach our mother. Aizan breaks down what Primus is saying, analyzing it to its full extent. What kind of training do you mean? Primius chuckles. The kind that you must face in this trial. Azan thinks for a moment, recalling his studies of the Evmotan entities. How Evmor is a dichotomy between the dusk and dawn. He thinks to himself. Who is the counterpart to Primius? Then he remembers as the light pulsates a final time before. I will join you in this training. Laughter fills the roots as Premia spirals up. Then we shall begin. His voice causes the bark surrounding Azon to shake, as suddenly the vines wrap around his legs, yanking him down through the branches until he is slammed into a misty swamp. The splash resonates a frequency that reverberates throughout the swampy biome. Azon stands up hearing faint whispers that reminds him of terror. He then continuously focuses on a single name. Nemina. guide me, bowing his head. He can hear what sounds like treading water as voices appear around the corner. He quietly dips under and swims behind one of the trunks near him, laying low within the mist. As he eavesdrops on the two, peering through the mist, he sees two reticons, one that looks familiar to him. It is his master, but the other one is oddly unfamiliar. He can't pin down any defining characteristics. What is this? Azon mutters to himself, but operating beside him is Premius. Energy that flows through us gives us insight into our conscious perceptions. For you... It seems you have some lingering doubt in your mind about your master. So this is just my mind's own perception of him. Nothing more? Premius chuckles as his razor-sharp teeth nears Azon's ear- earlobe. You tell me? Aren't you just as connected to more as your master is? Azon tries to ignore Premius. But as he continuously stares at the unidentified reticon, he has to ask, Who is that beside him? Primus breaks out into laughter as its spectral form flies over to Zermo and the figure. You'll have to come over and find out for yourself. Hazan repeats himself once again. Nemina, please, guide me. He steps out from behind the trunk of the tree as the mist parts, presenting a direct path towards his master. Closing in on their location, the form of the figure becomes clearer he sees a twin version of his master. But this one has ebony black skin that consumes the essence of what his master once was to him. Master? He trembles. Have you been lying to me? The darkened Zermo then places his hand on his true master's shoulder as suddenly the two of them combine with each other and Zermo's skin turns to a navy coloration that becomes almost fog-like in appearance. Oh, my apprentice. This isn't what you might think. I had no choice in the matter. What do you mean? Don't we always have a choice? Dusk has arrived, Azon. Therefore, we must move with it, or we will all suffer as a consequence of our... No! Azan yells in defiance. I will not accept this! You've taught me that surrendering power to those that will do us harm will do nothing but lessen our chances at opposing tyranny. If you are a part of my master, in the lens of our Great Mother, then there is better reason for why you claim this darkness. Zermo begins laughing hysterically. <laughs> well, aren't you strong-willed, Arvesk? Looks like we have a challenge, Primus. His form collapses into a mist as it relocates beside the spectral form of Primius. You are another embodiment? Indeed, I am. You may refer to me as Foggerer, the Sinful. Cremius chuckles beside Foggiver. Seems he will not break, even from the revelation that his master harbors sin. Wait. Wasn't Zeramo just you in disguise? Azon questions Foggiver. We are just embodiments. (sighs) All that you see in this trial stems directly from Evemore's reality. Therefore, my master is hiding something from me, a great sin that he alone bears. Fogover nods as primia spirals around the two of them. You really are a perceptive reticon, even more so than some shorask that come through here. Now, now, Premius. He may be perceptive, but that doesn't mean he has what it takes to face him. Foggever paces around Azon, examining him methodically. Grabbing hold of his jaw, Foggever forces Azon to the ground, making him struggle to stand. What? What are you doing? Foggever shoves him into the muck as the water wakes around him. Aizan attempts to stand, but instead he appears bound up into a metallic chair. You are not yet ready to face our mother. Aizan looks around him as a mist begins enveloping his entire body and sees strange colors filling his vision. He attempts to call out to Evemore. Please, I wish to help in whatever way I can. Show me what I need to do, and I'll do it. The colors shape into reds, blues, greens, yellows. As they appear, they warp into a darkened black as a white pattern fills the space. The pattern extends out, spelling a name that he has no knowledge of. S-Y-R-O-N. Azon feels his weight extinguish as he plummets and gets the air knocked out of him. Looking around, he finds himself back inside the roots of the Grand Tree, with the door before him and the bark behind him, signifying he uh, was not ready for the trial. Or maybe the trial was not ready for him. Picking himself up. Azon sighs just as his master does and opens the door. However, as the door opens, he appears inside his master's chamber where he sees him speaking on a codex. A voice on the other side that gives him a feeling of dread. Master Zermo turns abruptly as he quickly hangs up the call. Azon? I thought you were taking the trial. I thank you for listening to this entry. Next week, we'll dive into Master Zermo's secret. Something that cannot be undone. If you are just now joining the anthology, check out ArthadianAnthologies.com for more content that expands this new expanding universe. You can also support the creation of this podcast by donating through the link found in the description of this episode. Until next time, travelers. Be safe. Stay safe. And if death comes to you, may you be reborn in power.